Welcome to 2020 and welcome to the 38th episode of the ATM at the Minute podcast. Big news coming from FanFuel Sports. Go check out the website right now, fanfuelsports.com. Click on the podcast link. You're going to see more than one. That's right. Hot Take Hoops is live. Jack Hale and Mitchell Spires doing great work. First episode talks about the last decade of the Oklahoma City Thunder, the ups and downs of it, what to expect in the future. We know Sam Presti is a guru of trades. You know, they have all types of good content in that first episode. So go check it out. And then also ATM at the movies. Jordan Nickel and Ben Delameter are getting together to record a show about the latest movies coming out, crazy castings, um, the best on TV, what they're binging, you name it. They're going to touch it all. They might even come up with a database of their top movies ever, like IMDb. You can just sift through it, find your favorite movies, see what they're watching, all of it. It's going to be fantastic. Two pods now live. ATM at the movies. First episode will be dropping later this week. Having some technical difficulties, some scheduling issues there, but they're going to get that out for you guys. The trailer is still there, though. So go check it out. All the links that you need are in the podcast description of this episode. And also at the very end, you will hear about a five-minute little teaser of At The Movies. Pretty funny stuff. You'll get a better glimpse of what Jordan and Ben are going to be doing. But we also have Hot Take Hale on the show today to talk a little basketball. We play a really fun game called Shot Clock after a little bit of NFL talk. So we hope you guys enjoy. This is the first episode of 2020. It is bag season. Let's go. Guess who is back? Back again. New Year, same us. It's 2020, Peter. The ATM podcast is back. What's up? <laughs> that was hot. Um, hey, I'm doing great, you know man. It is. I was home for a little bit in the 918. Made a little trip down to the Frisco's, the Dallas, Texas's of the world. That's what the kids call it these days. That's what they're calling it these days. Back All in. Right. Back in Lawrence now, uh, semesters soon approaching, just doing some fine-tuning around the edges. This leads me to ask you, you have any New Year's resolutions for 2020? Or, or decade resolutions? Uh, did you say 2020? That's, that's did I say that? Number, but uh, no. I, I don't know. I might have just heard that. New Year's resolutions. Uh, be more productive. That We'll make that the New Year's resolution. It's pretty broad. I think pounds. you should be a little more specific or else you won't achieve your goals. All right. Let's say <laughs> we hit 20,000 listeners this year oh. on ATM podcast. There's the goal. Impromptu on the spot for you. Now we got to do it. Okay. Unique listeners or listens? Oh, unique listeners. That would be tough. We'll go listens for now. 20,000 <laughs> okay. listens in 2020. I feel like that's a good number. I like it. I like it. Mine, pass the CPA and read more. Pretty pretty simple. It's a lot more to, practical than mine. Trying to cross off 50 books this year. 50 books this year? That's a lot of books. Sounds like a lot, but I think it's doable. Got, got close I think I'm to more, like, of a, more of a 50 movies type guy, but I'll throw, I'll throw four books on my New Year's resolution. You can do better than that. All right. Well, that's a start. It's a start. <laughs> 
first of all, big news today, Tua. Let's start there. So Tua is officially declaring for the NFL draft. Figure have to mention that. You got any big thoughts on that? Any teams that you think he's going to? I know Hardy's gonna dial up a way to get him to the Patriots, but you got any thoughts on that? Who's Hardy? Andrew Hardy, the biggest Patriots uh, fan in the world. Oh, oh Come on yeah. Now. He's been thinking about this for a while, but whenever he proposed that hypothesis, he didn't know who Joe Burrow was. Uh, but yeah, that was a different day and age back then. I don't think I hardly did either. Yeah, two is gone. Judy's gone. Henry Ruggs just announced like five minutes ago that he's entering the draft as well. Bama's right. going to look a whole lot different next year. I can tell you that much. But I don't know what to think about Tua. I hope he can withstand the injury problems that have plagued him as a college player. Hopefully that doesn't carry over to the NFL. But I think he'll be a decent quarterback uh, at least. But franchise guy, I don't know. We'll see. I think we should... Uh, transfer over to some of the big-time NFL news that we have also heard. Let's do heard. it. So, your cowgirls, you want to start there? Oh, baby, my cowboys. Throwing up Woke the up X. up to that one today. We're throwing up the X right now. We hired Mike McCarthy. Brian. How about this? We take, what, two weeks? Actually, six weeks, if you want to factor in how bad the season was going, to fire Jason Garrett. And you then mean six years, because that's about what yeah, six years yeah. too many. Yeah. Pretty much overnight, the next day after he's fired, they already have a new guy, Mike McCarthy, the former Packers coach, won a I don't Super even Bowl think with them. He's been fired yet. I think he's. I think that he's still no. technically the coach. Glazer I mean, didn't even want it at all. Glazer made the official report yesterday, uh, piggybacking off Ed Werder's report from two days earlier. It's official. Yeah, it's McCarthy's gone on in. Okay. The clapper out. Um, initial thoughts. One of my one of my buddies, Jonah Joffe, made this really good point to me on Twitter this morning. Mike McCarthy is probably more ready to win now than any other coach available. He most has won a Super Bowl. Sure. Yeah, he's most got the ring. He's got exactly. the ring. That's the thing. We know how good the Cowboys roster is on paper. It's just a matter of getting it all together, producing W's week to week. I think McCarthy could be a guy to do this. He's going to step in right away, know what he wants to achieve, and the goal is going to be win the Super Bowl, I imagine. If you look at your goal, I mean, it has to be. Yeah, and if you look at the other candidates, some of the college names, Lincoln Riley, Matt Rule. With Lincoln Riley, he's really just an offensive specialist. If you're going to hire someone like that, I want to see Kingsbury on steroids. Yeah, I want to see something like what the 49ers have in Shanahan and Robert Sala. If you're going to bring in a guy like Lincoln Riley, and that's just a lot to ask for what the Cowboys are trying to do right now. I think they're, like I said, on paper, this is a team with enough talent to win the Super Bowl. And then you look at Matt Rule as well. You know, he doesn't have the NFL experience. It's just kind of a gamble to pick somebody up like that. And, oh, you definitely. Know, the other, it, the you're other, swinging for a home run at that point, and you're either going to strike yeah. out or hit a home run. It's one of the two. So if they were to bring in somebody like that, I would want a new quarterback walking through the door with him, kind of no a package way. deal. A package deal if we were getting a, a coach like that, like Klingsbury and Kyler. You didn't want the McDaniels Tom Brady package? That's a story for another time. I probably would have <laughs> taken that. But now I I'm sure we'll talk about Tom Brady later. Yeah, I think I'm coming around to this McCarthy hire. Whenever I zoom out and look at it, I think yeah, it's not the most exciting name, but what does this guy have that no other coaching candidate has? That's a Super Bowl ring as yep. the head guy. So, let's go baby. I can't wait to see what happens. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think that was the right move. And, I mean, you just look at the other options and you hear some of the candidates and it, it you just sit there thinking, there's no way, especially with the Dak situation that's going on, you want stability. You want someone that's been there before in case Jerry Jones doesn't bring back Dak and they can't get to a number that they both agree on. You don't want to have a new head coach and also try to find a new quarterback and just deal with that complete dumpster fire that will be a team. Just because that is so much to ask, especially if you're bringing in Lincoln Riley or Matt Rule and you're saying, hey, figure out figure out your staff, figure NFL. out the offense. Yeah, figure out the defense, figure out what you're doing in the NFL, and then also go figure out a quarterback on top of that. And I'm sure Jerry's also going to have his say in it. And I mean, that just seems like a disaster waiting to happen. So I think McCarthy is best case scenario for Cowboys and Cowboys fans and I think y'all should be happy yeah I I think next year is going to be looking a whole lot different hopefully the NFC least uh, turns into the NFC beast because we also have another coach added to the division Ron Rivera is heading to the Redskins I believe that's a five-year deal as well yeah and that hire I think that would have been the best possible move for the Cowboys, Ron Rivera. But I, I think Mike McCarthy is the next best option. Ron Rivera is just a hell of a guy. I mean, I got to listen to like five minutes of his presser introducing him in D.C. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was just, I was ready to run through a brick wall just listening to him talk. I was just like, man, I would go play for this guy. I would suit up and go get lit up over the middle for this guy right now. And, <laughs> I think that'll be a great fit. And then also the Giants are looking for a coach. So there could be three new coaches mm-hmm. in that division. Uh, I hope it's not the that, enemy to the Giants. I really, really hope it's not. I hope not either. Well, I mean, I would like to see it for the Chiefs' sake. You hope not. But I think a name that's been thrown or thrown around a lot, and he's got a lot of ties to the Giants, is Matt Rule. And yeah. he was he was on Tom Coughlin's staff way back in the day, and he's got connections to the Giants. He's a stand-up guy, seems like a culture guy, somebody that'll turn the turn really the culture and the whole locker room vibe with the Giants around. I think that could work really well. I could uh, see him things oh, I ahead, could see ahead. him gelling really well with Saquon and Daniel Jones. I'm not gonna lie. I think I could too. Maybe a home run hire for the Giants. I think he's a little bit of a player's coach, but the fact that that core of players is so young and they're fresh out of college I mean a couple of them damn near still could be in college I think it'll work I don't think you know it's not like with the Cowboys where I really see the Cowboys as America's team in this franchise that's been so close to winning it's come in and win a Super Bowl now or your ass in doing the job and you're going to get fired with the Giants it's really just like we suck we have this you know nice pool of talent here but we can't win any games you know can you just get us to 500 or get this franchise back in the right direction and so I think the expectations Mm -hmm. are way lower it's a younger group of guys he's not coming into a group of veterans that are pissed off and mad they can't win and I just think it's a much better situation for him to walk into there Mm -hmm. I agree Um, back to the Redskins uh, I wanted to get this point across yeah it's going to be tough to play them twice a year and I hear that Ron Rivera is the definition of a player's coach. You said you were ready to run through a wall yep. just listening to his presser. Dwayne Haskins, Chase Young's going to be coming in there. I know they're going to draft him. There are Scary him Terry, are already tweeting at each State other. Boys. Yeah, this is going to be a pretty good team quicker than most people realize. They also ditched Bruce Allen, their president. And so I think 
Washington is ready to turn things around finally. We always hear about how poor Dan Snyder is as an owner. That's the problem. Jerry Jones is just as bad in Dallas, and they've been getting to the playoffs or winning the division. Yeah, but Jerry actually has a football background and has some credibility. Dan Snyder is just a rich douchebag that wants to be an NFL GM. (laughs) I mean, it's really, that's all it is. And Ron Rivera in the presser. Jerry sucks. Jerry sucks, but Dan Snyder's worse. And I've watched them both my whole life. And, I mean, they got to be the two worst owners in the NFL, if you're a coach at least, just because you know I've got this rich douchebag that owns the team that's going to be beating down my throat all season long trying to tell me what to do. And Ron Rivera kind of alluded to it. He said, you know, I hope, you know, and my whole thing is, they give me the chance, they let me, you know, come in, do it my way. And if the players buy in and do it my way and we don't succeed, it's on me. It's not anyone else. He's like, I want it to be my way and not so from a selfish be. standpoint. Yeah. He said, for the sake of the players, because I want everyone to be able to say, you know what? He did it his way. They bought in. It didn't work. It's Ron Rivera's fault. Not it's Dwayne Haskins' fault. It's Terry McLaurin's fault. It's the OC's fault. It's the DC's fault. It's my fault. And I was like, you know what? I respect that. And I think all of that is a big way to say, hey, Dan Snyder back the hell off and let me do my job. And I love that because that's how it should be. I completely agree. That's how it should be. I also like the Del Rio hire as their defensive coordinator. I love that. I like Jack Del Rio a lot. I thought he got the short end of the stick with everything that happened. Yeah, just bring in guys who have had head coaching experience around a young roster. A team that's hungry for change. He took David Garrard in Jacksonville to the playoffs back in the day. Exactly, exactly. So I think... The Redskins are doing things right. I think the Cowboys made a pretty good hire. We'll see what happens with the Giants. The other little bit of news we got today, the Rams are letting go of defensive coordinator Wade Phillips, the last coach Old prior to Wade. Jason Garrett, man. Yep. Yeah, so he's he's gone from L.A., not really sure what kind of direction they're going. They have no draft picks. They're cap-strapped. I don't know what to think about this, and I don't really have a whole lot more on it. I don't know either. The Rams are in trouble, and I think we were all over that going into the season. We touched on them possibly being a big team that regresses in the NFC, and I think we were all over it. I mean, they should be in the playoff mix trying to make it back to the Super Bowl, and they're on the couches or in Maui or wherever watching the playoffs. So they got some definite big decisions and big moves to make there in L.A. Uh, Last bit of really coaching stuff I wanted to touch on, the Browns. Still not really anywhere. Um, It sounded like they hoped they could get McCarthy at one point. They'll probably bring in a special teams coach to hire from a random team that no one really gives a shit about. Joe Judge from the Patriots. Yeah, I don't love that. I mean, we we talked about that, and you told me that Harbaugh made the move from special teams coach to head coach, but I just don't see that being a realistic fit with any team making that move in today's NFL, especially with how big everything is now and how big the media is and just how how much more the job of head coach seems to entail nowadays with press conferences and everything else than it did back in the day Mm -hmm. I just don't see a special teams coach going from being a nobody to a head coach with all the spotlight on him but you never know you know certain individuals are just different and can do it but I'm still holding out hope that uh Robert Sala from the 49ers, defensive coordinator. I'm hoping he'll be the Browns head coach. I had a dream about it, and I honestly think that's the only coach that can fix fix the culture there because they need a hard ass. I mean, they they need someone that's going to tell Baker, Odell, whoever else, shut the hell up and go play or sit on the sidelines. And I think that's what they need in Cleveland. They've they've just been a dumpster fire, and now they've got a bunch of divas in the mix, and that's not going to help. 
Man, I think they have the talent, but I don't know who would want this job. We saw Matt Rule actually declined an interview with them. Uh, correct I don't me if blame I'm wrong him. there. Yeah. This guy knows what he's thinking. Why would you ever want to go to Cleveland unless I heard this quote the other day? Money, 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 this, money. It's where you Cleveland is where you go to coach for one but get paid for five. And oh, that's a good point. So hey, if you're looking to get the bag, call up Jimmy Haslam. Go for it. If you look it. at me, if you look at like the way I see it, no one's gonna expect you to win. You're going to the most disrespected, tarnished franchise in all of sports. You haven't had a winning season in a decade plus. Everyone's expecting you to fail. And if you go there and you fail, you know what? You get canned after a year or two. You got two years of pay to sit on the couch and not do anything or take your next job, do whatever Buy a the hell villa you want. In Tahiti. Yeah, exactly. And then if somehow it does work out, and let's say you win a Super Bowl with the Browns. Oh my, you're, you're a savior. You're a hero in Ohio. You are the next LeBron. I mean, you are the, you're the chosen one. If you win a Super Bowl with the Browns, what do you have to lose? I mean, the city would worship them. You would be able to do whatever you wanted, wherever you want. You would never pay for another meal or drink again. You would be a living legend. If you win a, if you win a game, they'll open up the Bud Light coolers like they did a couple exactly. years ago. All you got to do is win a couple of games, and you're doing something right, and the fans are going to enjoy it. Uh, I guess. Yeah, enough Cleveland talk here, so let's get to teams that are actually playing. The wild card weekend was something spectacular, honestly. All four of the games down to the wire, interesting, uh, had you on the edge of your seat, unless you're blind or something and just don't appreciate football but every single game was incredible like i i mean i couldn't i couldn't move i couldn't get off the couch i was on the commercial breaks trying to get air just like <gasps> oh my god this is insane um the very first game set the tone really the texans got down zero to 16 against the bills at home it looked like the classic bill o'brien sucks in the playoffs thing and then sure enough jj watts get the big or jj watt gets the big sack and all of a sudden, the Texans are right back in it, and they rally back and win this game. What were your thoughts on this one? I know you were watching all of these. We were all talking about it. What were you thinking? Really, with the whole wild card weekend, I was rooting for the underdog. Literally every okay. game, I want to say. Um, I was rooting for the Bills here. I think Deshaun, DeAndre Hopkins, not only great players, great people, but I think they're playoff frauds. And for me, they had to win this game to prove me otherwise. They started. Okay, I agree with that. They started down or started down zero to sixteen. Schefter did the tweet, thirty-four to zero. Their last right. two first halves first or whatever halves. in the playoffs. But man, Deshaun ultimately won the game on that crazy play. He got rocked on Michael the Jordan baby. Yeah, he did that little spin move, whirling dervish, rolled and the to first his touchdown right. Touchdown when he carried three uh, three Bills players on his back to the end zone. Just yeah, 20 yard rush. His will on them. Yeah, it was incredible. And we talked about it before because you were saying you were taking the Bills, and I was trying to get you to put a $10 gentleman's wager in with me. You didn't want to do it. I wanted the Texans. And we were talking about it, and we both agreed. We thought it would probably be a close game. 
And I said, I think if the Texans have the ball last, they win. When it comes down to it, I like Deshaun Watson and Hopkins more than I like Josh Allen and anyone else on that offense. And I mm-hmm. just think Deshaun Watson's clutch. And you agreed. You said, I could see Deshaun Watson leading a game-winning drive. I don't see Josh Allen doing it. That's what it came down to. And we were all over that game. And it was yeah. incredible. I mean, I, I loved watching that. I like J.J. Watt a lot. That was a feel-good story. And when he got that sack, you could just feel the crowd come back to life. Yeah, you tweeted it. And you were right, but then you got cute and tweeted the same thing about some other game. I can't Saints, remember which man. one. The Saints, man. The Saints got down big, and I was just sure they would come back and win it in the Dome. Yeah. We'll get there next. Um, any final thoughts, really, on the Texans-Bills game? Because I, I was just happy with how good of a game it was in general. No, great to get free football in the first wild card game, but let's move on yes. here. The Titans. The Titans yep. may have stolen the Iron Throne from Mr. Brady and Mr. Belichick. Let, let's all rejoice in this victory that we celebrated together. These types of moments don't happen very often. It's been 18 years since the Patriots have reigned supreme in the NFL. This, this looks decade, like it could be it. This looks like it could be it, and this decade is off to a start without the Warriors and without the Patriots. It looks like both dynasties have crumbled. Let's We're go. We're in for a hell of a decade, brother. I mean, this couldn't be any better. We've all been hoping and praying for this for 10 years. Um I just didn't think it was going to happen. I, I like the Titans a lot. The Tannehill switch has been great. Derrick Henry's been a monster, especially late in games. And I know we were giving the Titans quite a bit of love, and I was. I thought they'd cover, but I didn't think there was any chance they'd actually win this game. And then we're sitting there, and it's like, all right, can the Titans actually do this? Can the Titans actually do it? And even when Tom Brady's about to get the ball back down, I think it was seven or eight, whatever it was, seven points with like 15 seconds left, I was still sitting there thinking, they're going to do it. The Patriots are somehow going to find a way to do it. And it didn't happen, and it just looked like, I, I don't even know what to describe it. I mean, the Brady pick six and everything, I was just like, this. There, there's no way. Like, this, this isn't really it, and it was. And I think, I mean, I think the Patriots dynasty is done, like you were saying. We'll touch on this a little bit later, but... I'm, shoot, I'm going to bring it up right now. You think Tom Brady's coming back? I think Tom Brady's coming back. If I had to bet on it, I would say he's going to end up in New England. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I don't think he's going anywhere else. If Brady comes back to play football next year, it will be with New England. I have a counter to that. I think either Brady or Belichick are gone because I think Belichick's done with Brady. And they've had the cracks in that relationship, and there's been so much going on. With the Jimmy G thing, there were, you know, a word on the street that Robert Kraft kind of sided with Brady over Belichick. Belichick wanted to move on to Jimmy G, be done with Brady pretty quick. And Bob Kraft said, nope, Brady's the guy. We're sticking with him. Traded Jimmy G away. I think Belichick is going to kind of have his moment where he says to Bob Kraft, hey, listen, tried to tell you Brady was getting too old. It was time to move on with Jimmy G. Jimmy's over there playing for the 49ers, still playing in the playoffs, and we're now eliminated. It's time to listen to me and move on from Brady. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bob Kraft says, see you, Bill. I'm staying with Brady. It's your time to go. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Bill gets his way and they tell Brady, hey, listen, you can retire. We'll throw you the biggest freaking retirement party of your life. We'll send you out like a king. Or you can go play somewhere else, but we can't bring you back. It's time to move on. And I think if it comes to that, Brady says middle fingers to Belichick and Kraft, and he goes somewhere else and tries to win. And I think that's the Chicago Bears. It's another that that's a whole different conversation we don't have to get into. Also heard some theories that uh, McDaniel's mentioned this earlier, but 
heard some theories McDaniels and Brady are going to go to the same place, but that's that's slim pickings. There's really no telling what could happen there. Any final thoughts on really the Patriots dynasty and the Titans in this game? No, I'm sticking with my prediction that Brady will end back in New England. I like that McDaniels-Brady pairing theory that you just came up with. But the one thing I want to talk about in this game, and I'm going to make it short so we can move on, Mike Vrabel is the last guy I'm messing with in the NFL. That dude is a freak show. Most underrated head coach in the NFL. That delay a game, uh, false start shit he did just to get in Belichick's head and waste about a minute and a half so they couldn't have the ball. Incredible. You don't see most coaches doing that. Oh, yeah. Even if the coaches have the idea to do that, they don't have the balls to actually do it. What do they do? They took top five coach in the league. They took back to back delay of games until they couldn't anymore. So the way that it works, um, there's a 10 second run. As long as you're outside of five minutes, the delay of game converts to a false start, from what I understand. And when there's the false start, it creates a running clock or something along those lines outside of five minutes. Vrabel took three or four of those in a row to run over a minute off. He took almost 15 or 20 yards to push them back from the ball. He was just cracking up. I was just sitting there thinking, surely there's a rule against this or something in place to keep this from happening, especially in a playoff game on national television in the biggest stage. Like This surely can't be a thing. It is. Yeah, it was very Belichickian of him. I'm going to say this again. If you haven't seen Belichick and Saban on HBO, The Art of Coaching, please just get it over with. It is so dang entertaining, so good if you're a football guy. But I got I got this last thing on Vrabel. My roommate. Let's hear it. My roommate was being recruited for college football in high school. He went to a camp at Ohio State, and Mike Vrabel right. was running drills. He said... He was going up against really? the best D-line recruits in the country, and Mike Vrabel was absolutely ripping into these kids who he had never met once in his life, saying, get around him, what are you doing? Just like screaming at him because my buddy was blocking them and keeping him from getting to the quarterback. But that guy is that intense on high school recruiting showcase drills. I mean, imagine playing for the dude and winning in the playoffs. Mike Vrabel, last guy I am ever messing with in the NFL. Mike Vrabel might be the first guy I'm picking to coach my team if I'm starting the NFL franchise tomorrow. <laughs> hey, he's, he's got kidding. it all. The stash, the he's Belichick He's willed a mediocre wisdom. Tennessee Titans roster into the playoffs in, and with a winning record over, I think, every year he's been there. Has he missed the playoffs yet? They're in the wild card game every year, I believe. But he's, he's been 9-7 and seven every year he's been there. And, he, I mean, he's winning games with a mediocre team. He had to bench his quarterback and put in Ryan Tannehill and found a way to win when Ryan Tannehill completed single-digit passes against the Patriots. It's pretty incredible. You don't see that done very often. A Josh Moving Rosen stat here, line. <laughs> yeah, it was a Josh Rosen stat line in all seriousness, and they won the game Keep against going. the Patriots. That That's not done easily. So the next games here, these are the Sunday games. The first one we got, noon kickoff. Vikings and Saints. Peter was talking about this earlier. He was rooting for Kurt's cousin. I didn't think there was any chance that the Vikings could do it. I thought Kurt looked pretty timid and kind of skittish in the first half, and I was just kind of licking my chops thinking once the Saints offense gets going, they're going to just dismantle this team in the second half and win by two or three touchdowns. Sure enough, the opposite happened, and Kurt kind of got it going in the second half, and Breeze struggled. Breeze looked old, and I remember we mentioned that going into the season. You know, I posed the question, could this be the year that the Saints take a step back and 
Breeze is just too old. And going into the playoffs, I thought, no, they're at full force. They look great. Michael Thomas looks amazing. Breeze looks healthy. They're good. And then sure enough, the Vikings just made Drew Breeze look old. And Taysom Hill generated the best chances at quarterback for them. And I never thought I'd say that, but he did. And he made the big plays. And it leaves me to ask you this question. Is this the end of Drew Brees? I'm not ready to say it's the end of Drew Brees. I'll give him another year probably. But our boy Vance did point something out during the game. He looks frail. He He does not have that same arm strength and sharpness that he used to have, you know. There's a reason why Michael Thomas is the leading receiver there, and he's not throwing there's the deep shots to Taysom Ted Ginn so often. I was going to say, there's a reason Taysom Hill was out there to take that deep shot. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what to think about what's going on here with the Saints. They just didn't look good, flat out. It's as simple as that. The Vikings' defensive front is very formidable. Daniil Hunter, you, you've heard a lot about him. My boy Lucas sent me some very excited Snapchats once they sealed that game. And, man, let's talk about the last play. I do not think that was offensive P.I. I don't even think it needed to be reviewed. The defender, I think it was, but they've been abysmal with it all year. So flip a freaking coin. Like nah. They're so atrocious about it. You they were both off. all over each other. The defender had his arm over Rudolph's. Rudolph was just able to... You know, jostle to his way his out of that. extend his arm out and hold him off last no. second so he could catch the ball. Sure, I guess. But, no, I, I think it was just a jump ball, two guys battling for positioning. The bigger guy got it. Rudolph, is, he's probably got You can't call it on the last on play of the game. I agree with that. You can't call that the last play of the game. But exactly. I think if that happens any other game outside of two minutes or even not in a playoff game, it gets called nine out of 10 times, but NFL mm-hmm. officiating is dog shit at best. And something needs to be done about it. I'm just going to leave it there. I mean, it, it is just awful. They go to review stuff and they rule the opposite of what you think is going to be ruled based on the review. And it's just, it's terrible. It's bad in college too. And at this point I say, get rid of replay. Who gives a shit? Let the game be played. Let it go natural. Get rid of replay. I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. It doesn't do anything. They don't overturn anything. I sit there for 10 minutes watching them run what looks like pass interference replay over and over and over and over. And the two guys in the booth and Dean Blandino or Gene Steratore, whoever the hell they bring on that should be on the field officiating, they're going to go, oh yeah, it's clearly pass interference. You've got to call that. I know they set a tough precedence against overturning stuff, but you surely got to call that one. And then they leave it as stands or they confirm it. That's what really pisses me off when they confirm the call on the field. And I'm like, not only did you slick bastards look at that and make the wrong call, you have the right to say you originally made the right call on the field and uphold it. I'm going to move on here because I could go on a long time. So the final game here, Seahawks and Eagles. This pissed me off. Carson Wentz gets hit on a cheap shot. He is Carson Wentz. You know, he he's a little frail, but Clowney looks like he makes a dirty hit. I mean, I, I call that a dirty hit every day of the week. Wentz gets knocked out of the game. He doesn't come back in. The Eagles, they try. I mean, bless Josh McCown's heart. The old man tried. I mean, he was coaching high school football and came out of retirement to back up uh, Carson Wentz in the playoffs. And the guy played great. He gave it all. He left his body out there. It was a one-possession game down to the end, but the Eagles just couldn't get it done. And that game, more so than the other three, really left a bad taste in my mouth. The other three crazy stuff happened. Some I agreed with, some I didn't. But at the end of the day, I looked back and I was like, we just got incredible playoff football. With the last game, I felt like we got robbed of what could have been a better game. You kind of feel that way? 
Yeah, once Wentz went down, the air left the link. It's as simple right. as that. No one expected the Eagles to win, let alone make it a game. Shout out to Josh McCown. He had that nice little scramble for the first, that one play. Few, man. Looked like yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. The Eagles managed to hang in the game thanks to guys like Fletcher Cox. He was just dominant. And then Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Looks like they have a nice little backfield pairing for the future. We'll get more. I mean, I'll just point it out. Like I said, the NFC East is going to be a whole lot better next year. It's on the come up. The Eagles will be healthy. The Redskins are less of a shit show. Dallas should be better. And then we'll see what happens with the Giants. But... I don't really have much else on this. We'll talk about the Seahawks when we get into the divisional round. All right, so we have a pretty sturdy slate of games for the divisional round here. Some pretty lopsided favorites, in all honesty. Not quite some of the spreads that we saw for the wild card games here, but regardless, I'm still expecting some damn good games. First game here, Saturday, January 11th, 3.35 kickoff our time. Vikings at 49ers. The 49ers are a seven-point favorite. How do you feel about this first game? Okay, I'm not going to touch the spreads when I'm talking about these games. Keep that in mind. Same. I'm going to talk about who I think is going to win. I'm yeah, rolling with too. the I'm rolling with the Niners, man. Shout out to the Vikings. They were so good. Kirk dropped a, you like that, in the locker room. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool after the game, but... I'm rocking with Shanahan. Here's why. I, I mentioned this early in the season that he was my coach of the year pick. I don't know if you remember this. He should be. Yeah. This team comes to play each and every week, whether it's their scripting, just their play calling, you you name it. This team comes ready to go. They don't really. They want it. Yeah. They don't really show any letdowns other than that weird, fluky Atlanta game. I think they're going to come out. Jimmy's ready to roll. This whole team is fired up. I think this is a team that can win the Super Bowl. Kirk had his moment last week beating the Saints. It's not going to happen again in Levi's Stadium. So I'm going to roll with the Niners here, and I don't really think there's a whole lot more to touch. Okay, I kind of disagree a little bit here, and there's only one reason why. I think the buy here actually hurts the 49ers. Because Kirk just got his first real big playoff win. He's finally got that big national television primetime win that everyone says he doesn't ever, you know, he never finishes those games. He can't get those wins. He's finally coming off a big one. He's got to have more confidence than he's ever had in his career with some of the throws he made in that game. Throws the game winning touchdown pass. I mean, absolutely just wills them to victory. The 49ers, that entire team, correct me if I'm wrong. They have one player with real playoff experience. That's Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's the only guy who's ever really been there before and gone on a big playoff run. And I don't know if Jimmy G's going to be up to it. He's a great guy to have. I wouldn't probably have rather anyone else leading my defense, but defense is only one side of the ball. And I think if Kirk can be competent this game and play anything like he did in New Orleans... I think the Vikings could do it, and I think the 49ers' offense is going to struggle, and I think it's going to be turnovers. I think whoever wins the turnover battle wins this game, and I think if the Vikings can turn Jimmy G over a few times, cause a little bit of havoc, maybe get a pick six or something, I like the Vikings. I really do think they're going to get to Jimmy G and give them problems because they gave Drew Brees hell, and they made Drew Brees look old, and that hasn't really happened all year, and the playoffs just bring a different vibe and the Vikings brought it. I mean, everything I saw from the Vikings makes me think they're going to bring that same energy. 
and that same level of intensity, and I think they're going to give the 49ers a damn good game. Not saying they'll win it. Don't bank on that. You know, I'm not putting that pick out there on the air, but I think the Vikings are going to make it a competitive game and could win. I'm going to, you know, I said I wasn't going to pick against the spread, but I agree with a lot of what you said. The Vikings were incredibly impressive in that game. It's crazy to think that was the same team that got smacked by the Packers on Monday Night Football just a couple weeks before. Yeah, it looked like a completely different team than what we've seen the last month. Don't even know how that's possible, but yeah, I would take the Vikings plus seven. I think that defense is capable of making some big plays. Dalvin Cook looked pretty productive this last game. He looked healthy. That yeah, was big. he looked healthy. Exactly, but like I said, Kirk's magic is gonna run dry against the Niners. Should we move on to Titans Ravens? Let's do it. So this is the game. This is the night game here on Saturday, seven fifteen, seven fifteen kickoff. Titans at Ravens. Ravens are a nine and a half point favorite. It opened at ten. I know you're surely rocking with the Ravens to win the game here, right? Yeah, I 100% am rocking with the Ravens, but I am a little bit concerned, and I do think a 9.5-point line is pretty big. Yep. Derrick Henry Especially looks... Especially after how good the Titans looked against the almighty Patriots, you know? I don't even want to say that the Titans looked like super great or anything against the Patriots. The Patriots lost to the Dolphins the week before, for crying out loud. They are just not that good of a team. It's really as simple as that. The Titans. I don't know if I'd go that far. They looked pretty damn good the first 10 weeks, but they didn't finish strong. I will give you that. Exactly, and that's all that matters. We're talking about winning games. Derrick Henry, unstoppable. But Mike Lombardi pointed this out on Twitter. He's a great follow if you never heard of him. Worked with the Patriots for a while. Yes, you can get first downs. Yes, you can create yards with Derrick Henry. But at the end of the day, you're going to need points. And yeah, stop Lamar Jackson too. Tanny Hill definitely showed his limitations in this game. He didn't even complete double-digit passes for a time there. It looked like he couldn't even complete a pass like towards the end of the game. I was just but the Patriots defense is the best defense in the league. I mean, yeah. I know we're shitting on the Patriots. They lost to Miami, all that. That is the best defense in the league and one of the better defenses we've seen the last few years. So I, I agree. think Baltimore's defense isn't even comparable to the Patriots defense, in all honesty. I know this isn't. I'm not talking about Henry here. Derrick Henry's going to get his. He's probably going to have over 100 yards. I'm just talking about Tannehill. Okay. When you need a play, let's let's talk about it. The Titans had so many opportunities to score to get up 20 to 13, whatever, and they did with that late yeah. pick six. But it was Tannehill preventing them from making that big play, and they have the good weapons. Johnny Smith has come on late. AJ Brown looking like potential rookie of the year. AJ Brown's been great. Yeah, but I think it's going to come down to Tannehill here, and I'm choosing the Ravens' firepower over what the Titans can offer. Like, we we just had a little love fest over Mike Vrabel. Everyone loves Derrick Henry, but I just think they're going to have to put more points on the board than they did last week against the Patriots, and the Ravens are going to keep on keeping on. Okay, well, I think this is going to be another one that comes down to the wire. I think Vrabel and the Titans will do as good of a job as you can containing Lamar Jackson. And at the end of the day, I chalk a lot of that game up with the Titans up to the Patriots having the best defense in the league. And they have Bill Belichick. I mean, I'm sure they were throwing all kinds of stuff schematically at Tannehill that he's never seen and never prepared for. And yes, Baltimore is going to be great. I expect Harbaugh to do a lot of the same. He's a damn good coach. But at the same time, it's not the Patriots. I think Tannehill will be quite a bit better, and that'll open up more things for Derrick Henry. I don't think, 
I mean, they might stack the box pretty damn heavy to start the game, but by the end of the game, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I think Tannehill and A.J. Brown are going to have a few big plays, and I think I really do think you're right, and Baltimore is going to dare Tannehill to beat them, and I think he can, actually. What I saw you the think- last half of the season with Tannehill, I'm all in on Ryan Tannehill, and I never thought I would say that. If you would have asked me, you know, eight months ago, hey, you think Ryan Tannehill can go beat the best team in the league in the playoffs with the Titans? I would laugh and probably throw a pie in your face and tell you to kiss my ass. <laughs> right now, I think it could happen. And I know it sounds crazy, but something about this Titans team and Mike Bra- Mike Vrabel, man, it's just, whoo, something's there. Something's in the water. I like the Titans. It's a recency bias, man. It's a recency bias. I don't know. The I Ravens were off. Winning and they've been winning the last four, five, six weeks. So I'm I'm going to roll with the they Titans to win this they game. They lost two in a row. They lost to the Texans. They lost to the Saints. They sat their starters against the Texans. So get that shit out of here. <laughs> yeah, okay. You mean the, they played their starters and annihilated the Texans. Oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. What Texans game are you talking about then? The one before in Nashville. Oh, but that was like, what, four, five, six weeks before that? That doesn't matter. They lost to Deshaun Watson and the Texans, who are in the second round of the playoffs. I'm not concerned about that. They just beat the Patriots. All right, let's move on here. Let's do it. So, Sunday games, first one, Texans at Chiefs. This is a 2.05 kickoff, pretty bizarre. But Chiefs are a a 9.5-point favorite. I like the Chiefs to win this game, but that's a lot of points. I really do think the Chiefs are the better team. The defense has been playing great, and I don't have anything else on it. So the floor is yours here. Yeah, I got the goods for you here. The Chiefs are going to take care of business. We all know how good this defense has been the second half of the season. Deshaun Watson was getting sacked, I think, seven times against the Bills, and I think the the Chiefs are going to give him hell. Frank Clark's going to show why they paid him. Chris Jones has been a force late in the year. This team I'm expecting is Honey Badger to make a big play. Yes, I completely agree. One of my predictions is Honey Badger to force a turnover. You know, I would definitely take that prop bet, whatever it is. I yes. would be all in on that. The one thing to watch here: Juan Thornhill, starting safety, rookie from Virginia. He tore his ACL the final game of the season. He'll be out, so we're gonna have to see. I did see. not realize it was a long-term injury. Yeah, he got hurt, but I didn't realize it was an ACL. That's mm-hmm. not good because he's been big time. Yeah, so that they're gonna. That's his boy right there. Mm-hmm. They're gonna need some guys to step up, make some plays with Thornhill's um, injury, but I just think it's gonna come down to Andy Reid out coaching Bill O'Brien. Like we, like we pointed out earlier, the Texans started their last two first halves in the playoffs by getting outscored 0-34. to If Bill right, O'Brien do that comes yeah, if Bill O'Brien comes out and lays an egg like that in Arrowhead, this is going to be a 20-point loss for the Texans. More than that, because the Texans' defense isn't good enough to hold the Chiefs to 7 or 10 or 14 in the first half. If they throw a goose egg up there and aren't even on the field very long— they're going to be down it's going to be for nothing going into halftime ugly. i agree and you can't come back from that especially away maybe at home but not in arrowhead arrowhead JJ is walk sat isn't going to save you like that like no. was, you know in houston arrowhead is about to be rabid man i can kind of feel the magic the energy in the air being up in this part of the country yeah. right now you know everyone believes in this chiefs team everyone thinks they can win a super bowl last I year do too. they're my pick last year uh, Nobody really had that belief, I don't think. 
This year, the expectation is a Super Bowl. Right. People Everyone, were happy to be there last year, and it was like, hey, how far could we go? And this year, it's like, we got one goal. Exactly. One there's goal. there's one goal. The defense is significantly better. The, the Texans aren't going to win an arrowhead twice in a season, especially against a roster that looks a lot different in terms of health. So Chiefs are going to win this game handily, and they're going to be looking ahead to whoever comes out of that Titans-Ravens game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree here. Uh, what if... What if somehow the Texans win and you get like Titans or Vikings and someone like that? I mean, imagine what the I will Super not Bowl watch. Look like. I will not watch if it's the Texans and Vikings in the Super Some Bowl. Some nine and ten win teams in get the Super that Bowl. Get that out of here. That that's not gonna happen. Okay, so last game here. This one should be honestly the best out of all of them. It's the closest line. So it's the afternoon slash night game. I'll call it for Sunday. Uh, Five forty kickoff. Seahawks at Packers. Packers are a four point favorite. And I mean, this one's just got whoever has the ball, the ball last wins written all over it. I think like th- this one's just made to be a game that comes down to the wire. Russell Wilson against Aaron Rodgers. They've been going at it for years. This, this is just set up to be a perfect ending to the divisional round weekend. I think you couldn't have said it better. I think whoever has the ball last will win. It's very hard to evaluate the Seahawks as a team. They seem to play to the level of their opponents each and every single week even dating back to week one against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Seahawks barely pulled that game out. That's been the recurring theme all season long. You know, they lost that heartbreaking matchup against the 49ers in the last week of the season to lose the division. But here... I remember. You don't have to remind me. Oh, I was sitting next to you. But yeah, I hate to say it here. I think the Packers are going to win. I think they're going to win this game. Um, Russell's going to get a shot, but when everyone talks about how magical Russell is late in games, how he can make that play, how he's the one guy I want to rely on in the playoffs. Look across the stadium. Look across the sidelines. Aaron Rodgers is known for all of the same things. He's the one who started this kind of I want to see him throw a touchdown pass as time expires to Devontae Adams. We're going to say a 37-yarder back right corner of the end zone. Devontae Adams does a Lambo leap, and Aaron Rodgers hits the biggest discount double check of his life. These were the two DJ teams. DJ Raji jumping out the stands. These were the two teams in the replacement ref game, if you don't, if you remember. Oh, so. and the Hail Mary, I remember. And the Hail Mary. So Packers are coming. I, I think the Packers are going to win here. I think the Seahawks, they just don't have enough. Their run, their run game looked not that great. Marshawn made a couple big plays whenever he was asked to. And in the moments you would expect him to, but consistency, I don't think it's going to be there with Seattle. I think the Packers should win this, and yeah, I the think Seahawks might make a late push, but I expect the Packers to remain in control pretty much the entire game. I agree with you on that, and I think both of these teams are kind of two teams that look better on paper than they actually are. I think their records are not necessarily reflective of how dominant they've been this year. I think they both are you know, showing better records than they really are as a team. And I think, you know, part of the reason of why people might just think more of them than they are is it's Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And I know I'm guilty of that because I still think Aaron Rodgers, he could win the Super Bowl. I mean, they're my picks to come out of the NFC, but we'll see what happens. These games are going to be great. I don't really have much else on them. I'm just excited to watch. You got any last thoughts before we move on here? Yeah, last thoughts. I think the Chiefs and the Ravens are still my favorite. Now that the Saints are gone, I think the NFC is a little bit of a toss-up. You made a few good points about 
Jimmy G being fresh to the whole playoff thing. I think that might come to rear its horns. I don't. It's a I, real thing. Yeah, playoff I don't. Playoff football is a different specimen. The 49ers are great. I I love watching them week to week, but the NFC is a crapshoot. They are. I think they're the Milwaukee Bucks of the NFL. Okay. I think they're a great regular season team. A year that away. Just doesn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're ready to win a Super Bowl yet. But we'll see. We will see. So that is our NFL debate for the day. You have anything else? That is it. We will be back with some hoops after the break. All right. So we woke up today, or at least I did. I'm sure you're up with three or four cups of coffee in you. But three I woke today. up today yeah, to quite a bit of news about the dunk contest. <laughs> so the first person that's confirmed to be in on the redemption tour Dwight Howard, Superman hey. himself. Not the biggest Dwight Howard fan in the world, but he has been great in dunk contests over the years. So I'm all for this. I think that's a great name. I think that'll encourage a lot of other guys to maybe reconsider participating in the dunk contest when they might not have otherwise. Another name that's getting thrown around here who was reportedly invited and he's considering it, Ja Morant. Let's go. And that would be incredible. I tweeted the other day, I think he's the modern day Allen Iverson. And I just, he's athletic, he's fun to watch, he's flashy. I would love to see him in the dunk contest. And I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Yeah, let's pause. And let me ask you, modern day AI, they don't play the same way at all. You talking about just like influence or what? That's why I said modern day. He's got okay. the three ball. He's got so much more in his bag. The He's NBA not, has evolved have a the, lot since AI played. He doesn't have the tight handle, cross you up, create space in the mid-range type of game. Not necessarily mid-range, but he has the handles cross you up, make you look stupid, and go put you on a poster game. Yeah, he did have that cross up on Jerome Robinson the other night where he just disrespectfully yes, where he just made stared him, look him in silly. that. Yeah, he's got that. He's got AI's handles. He's kind of got no. Uh, he's kind of got we, his swag. we can't we he's can't got, say that on a hot mic, man. We can't say he's got AI's handles. I'll say it right now. I think Jaws <laughs> the next AI. Oh I shit. He's that good. I think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. I think if he enters the dunk contest, he'll win it. I just think the dude is a freaking beast. Okay. He doesn't have AI's handles, but I love John Morant. I would love to see him in this dunk contest. And I'm pretty excited to see Dwight back on the scene. Never could have. I am too. And don't discount Jaw's handles. He's young, Peter. Give him two or three years, and he will have the handles of the answer. All I right. promise you that. So <laughs> okay. another name here that's being floated around, Zach Levine, multiple-time dunk contest champion, <laughs> maybe one of the greatest dunkers ever. I just have to throw it out there. Zach Levine Hell was yeah. invited, and he supposedly has the take on it that he doesn't want to do the dunk contest unless he is an all-star for the Eastern Conference. And at first, I laughed and said, no way in hell he would be an all-star. And then I got to looking at the Eastern Conference all-star voting, and I thought, wow, they really don't have hardly any good guards. He might actually be an all-star for the East this year, and that could happen. You think there's any chance that Zach Levine is an Eastern Conference all-star and participates in the dunk contest this year zach levine is the guard version of boogie cousins for the kings good stats bad teams i don't I like really that. i do not he played more defense but i like that yeah exactly zach levine thinks he's ai we can get we can talk about that, that. is true 
Yeah. Yeah, at guard. Woo! How is he fifth in the voting? He's ahead of Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown and Kyle Lowry, but Bradley Beal, and Dinwiddie. That the is... fan voting only matters for a small portion of it now. Because yeah. like Luca was toward the top in fan voting last year and didn't even get a spot in the West, which it's the West, so it's more competitive, but still. Yeah. So I don't think I mean, there were a few other guys that kind of came to mind uh, that I think deserved the spot more than him. But I mean, you could argue after the top two, three, four guys. Yeah, I, I think he might deserve a spot. I mean, if you're going to give Trey Young a spot, which I think he does, we'll talk about one. later. Yeah, there's some stuff there we'll hit later, but. I think you got Kyrie can't be one, one, and he's second in voting. Kyrie I would say won't get one. he hasn't played enough. I don't think Kimba, Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, deserves one. Kyle Jaylen Lowry, Bradley Beal, Malcolm Brogdon deserves to be Brogdon in that one million percent. My my guard starters, I voted Bradley Beal and Kimba Walker, and there's not really there's no me too. And argument. We don't need to, to talk about that too much because. We'll get there. I have the I have the same take, and there's some more stuff we've got on that. But I would love to see Levine in it. I think if you can get Levine, Jaw, and Dwight Howard as three of your four, oh my gosh. I mean, even consider opening the field back up to six like it used to be because it's been four for I don't know how long. But, man, if you, if you start with those three, I'd say go get three more of that quality just because once you hear one or two guys are in, like once one or two – decently big names commit you've got to be you know you, you've got to be wanting to get back in there yeah no zach levine as a dunk contest guy one million percent i want him i want jaw i want dwight that leads me to ask who do you want as your fourth because there was only four guys in it last year i'm assuming it's going to be the same way this year right here's my options i'll let you pick Zion. I was gonna say, I think we're gonna. That was my number one. We're both gonna have that. That's not gonna happen with a knee injury and everything going with the Pelicans. Okay, that's also on my list. He's been on everyone's. He'll never do it. Dunk contest squad forever. He'll never do it. But He's... you would love to see it. I, there is one Suns guy I'm waiting for you to say because you have some ties to him also, and he 100% should be the fourth guy. Booker? Who are you thinking of? Tsunami Poppy, bro. He's putting everyone in the league Uber? on a poster. Ah. Kelly Uber. Have you not seen what he's been doing? Yes, I have. I have. He deserves to be in there, just based off how many posters he's put people on this year. Ubre, huh? See, I was thinking Zion, Westbrook, Donovan Mitchell, maybe, or my wild card was Alex Caruso. I have Alex Caruso as my last option as a joke also. I kind of like Ubre. The ratings would be incredible. I mean, it would be fun to see Caruso in there, but I love Ubre, and I think he's a good fit because he's had a really good season. I mean, he's improved a ton. He's not like most improved player of the year conversation, but man, he's having a hell of a year, and he plays with that energy that Westbrook plays with, and he's just been putting people on posters. It's like every night there's a new one. He's got some crazy energy, and he's out to prove a point this year. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Ubre in the dunk contest. I didn't think of that, but I would really like that now that you bring it up. I would love it. What other options you had, or was that it? Uh, I had Mitch Donovan Mitchell and Aaron Gordon. I was looking around the league. Yeah, I had Derek Jones, maybe. They say he might be back in it because we yeah. all know his bounce. Those then, are all three good ones that have been in it over the last five or so years. 
The other one that I had, I had all the same as you except for those couple guys. My B. And then I also had Brandon Clark. Oh, okay. I had two more bigs. I was I was trying not to come up with power forwards, but I had two more. It was Brandon Clark and Bam. I don't know if Bam has the ups. Yes, he does. Cool. Oh, yes, he I does. I mean, Dwight did. So. Oh, man. I was watching the Heat last night, and he had the nastiest oop. I was just like, I love it. He can it. yam at home. I just don't know if he'll be able to get the vertical leap that some of those other guys have to do the insane stuff in the air. But Dwight was a multiple-time winner, so we will see. We will see. All right, any final thoughts on the dunk contest here? No, let's talk to Jack Hale about hot take hoops and play some shot clock. All right, we are here to give you guys a little teaser into what hot take hoops is going to be like. We got our boy Jack Hale on the line right now. We're going to play a little game with him called The Shot Clock. Jackson, Jack, you guys ready to play? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. What's going on, everybody? Not a whole lot, man. I'm excited for this. I hope you guys are ready, and I hope you're prepared because I sent these questions to you earlier. And how we're going to play the shot clock today, each each player gets 24 seconds to give me their hottest take, give me their case, Prove that they're correct on the topic of discussion. I will give whoever I think makes a stronger case a point. First player to three will win the game and get to do a rant of their choice. How does that sound? Sounds good to me, baby. Give me the FaceTime. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Jackson, you will go first. The Heat are now 17-1 and one at home. A lot of you people know about the NBA's theory that the Heat are tough to play at home because whenever the team playing them has a day off before, they all go to the club. They hit up the Live nightclub, the Palazzo. You heard it in the Drake songs. So that begs me to ask, if you could pick one player to go to the club with in Miami, who is it going to be? It can't be Lou Williams or James Harden. Jackson, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. One, two, three, go. All right, so you know I would have taken Lou Will, but I'm thinking here, nightclub Miami, who better than Jimmy Butler? He lives there himself. I guarantee you that is why he went to Miami. The guy loves the nightlife. I mean, he obviously goes out all the time. He was so hungover at the All-Star game, he couldn't even play one year. It's Lou Will, or excuse me, Jimmy Butler. It's Jimmy Butler all day if it's not Lou Will. You got to take the man. I guarantee you he's going out the night before games. Just all right, hammed. all right. Give me Jimmy. All right. I liked it. I liked it. Jack, you ready? Let's do it. All right. 24 seconds on the clock. Go. Well, I'm going to go with one of Jimmy's teammates. Well, or possibly former teammates. We don't know if he's going to continue in Miami, but the man who couldn't handle Miami himself, Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters is the definition (laughs) of gang gang straight out of Philly. I mean, everybody knows what he's about. Gummy gate. (laughs) I mean, does that not say enough for you? I'm trying to hang out with Dion. Let's go. You didn't even need the 24 seconds. You better no. take a piece to the club if you're going out with Dion, Jack. That's all it. I'm saying. Hey, I'm oh. all about it. All right. First winner, Jack Hale. Fuck that, you. Yeah. That yeah. is all right. unbeatable. All right. Oh, that was great. That was great. I, I love how we both picked Heat players. Well, yeah. you got to think. Who's going to know the lay of the land? Like, if I could pick someone to show me around at the clubs in Miami, of course one of them. Yeah, there, there's a reason why these guys signed with the Heat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no joke. No joke. 
All right, round one goes to Hot Take Hale himself. Round two, Jack, you're going to lead this one off. So, Trey Young is the leading vote-getter for Eastern Conference guards. Should a player with an 8-28 team who is the star player on his team be allowed to make the All-Star game? You ready? Let's do it. Go. Absolutely. You'd be crazy to not put Trey Young in the All-Star game. Um, dude's averaging 28-8. and eight. Like, You put that on anybody's resume and they're making the All-Star game every year no matter the record. Even though the fan voting is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life, you got to look at the uh, Eastern Conference teams and the rest of the guards, and there's not really many people that compare. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. I'm going to hear what Jackson has to say before I make a decision. Jackson? I'm ready. All right, here we go. The shot clock begins now. All right, so originally I was thinking old-school all-star game format. Would he even be a starter? And my original response was hell no. Said the same thing about him even being in the all-star game. And I looked at it, and other than Kimba and Bradley Beal, you really can't argue that anybody else is having a better season. Yes, they only have eight wins, but he's got 28, 8, and 4, like Jack said. And he's shooting 45% from the floor and 37% from three. That is why I put Trey Young in the all-star game, because he's shooting the ball efficiently. Okay. Hmm. That that was a little bit closer. Similar Um, answers. Similar answers. I'm going to give Jackson the nod on this one. I think, I think uh, I like the Bradley Beal name drop, the Kimba name drop. I'm going to give Jackson the edge here. Let's get it. One, one. All right. One to one. Let's move on to round three here. I was looking at the Western conference standings. Not a lot of separation. The Pelicans are the only team three games back of the San Antonio Spurs for the eighth seed. They're six and two in their last eight. Three games out of the eighth spot, and Zion is slated to return in January. There's a whole lot of other teams in the mix. The Grizzlies, the Suns, the Kings, and the surging Pelicans. Trailblazers also, they're in there. The Blazers as well. That leads me to ask, are the Pelicans going to make the eighth seed? Who comes out of the West here? Ready, go. All right, so the Pelicans will not finish as the eighth seed. They're going to finish as the nine seed because my boy Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs are coming for that eight seed, all right? They're third in field goal percentage, sixth in three-point percentage, only taking 10 threes a game. They'll kick that up a notch. They're nearly last in the league in turnovers per game. They're going to get that figured out. They're also seventh in rebounding and 12th in assists. If they cut down on the turnovers, which they will do, they're in. Spurs at the eight. All right. I think the Spurs hang on. The Spurs are the eight seed right now, correct? Yeah, they are. Yes. Yeah, they'll hang on. I, I, I could definitely see that. All right, here we go. Jack, I'm going to let you get your two cents in. You ready? Let's do it. Three, two, one, go. I like the Spurs, but I got to go with Dame Dalla and the Blazers. Um, they're struggling. They're struggling early this year. Um, I think every year you see a team struggle early. It's usually the Utah Jazz that make a playoff surge. <laughs> or a playoff push, but, you know, I, I trust Dame and CJ and Terry Stotts and even Carmelo Anthony. I think that they'll figure it out. I think that they could even pass my Thunder and the OKC ends up with AC, but I think Blazers and Thunder round out the playoffs. All right. I think those okay. are definitely the two most realistic teams by far. I also really like Memphis. Like, you know, 
I, I really Memphis. like Memphis. I, like I just don't think doing. they're ready. I don't think they're ready either. I and that's my thoughts on the Pelicans. I don't think the Pelicans yeah. are necessarily Same. ready. I don't think but Zion the, will be that big of a difference maker. I think if anything, Zion, and this sounds crazy, I think it might take a bit of an adjustment period because I'm sure a lot of those guys are just going to be dumping him the ball, and it's going to be a totally different offense. I mean, it's going to literally be an entirely different team because he's going to turn into the focal point of the offense, or at least is thought to be. And I, I agree. I think next year, the Pelicans and Grizzlies, oh, man, look out for them. But oh, yeah. This well, year, I just think you got to give it to the veteran teams like the Thunder, the Trailblazers, and the Spurs. Yeah, we'll see how Brandon Ingram likes um, having to give up the ball to Zion so much. The dude's been <laughs> killing it this year. He has been killing it. J.J. Reddick's coming around. Drew's been playing better. Lonzo's been playing great. Pelicans have been fun to watch. I will definitely say definitely. that. Been All a right. guilty pleasure. Y'all ready for the verdict? Yes, Let's sir. The winner is Jack Hale. Here's the Aww. reason why. Mm-hmm. Jackson... Very safe answer with the Spurs, who are already in the eighth seed. I had the stats. I had you the had stats. you. That's the thing. You had only stats. You had no story with it. It's all Greg you said was Popovich, man. You said the turnovers are going to change. That's not good enough. They are leading I the like... league in every <laughs> statistical category that matters except turnovers. That's their only bugaboo right now. You, you said... get the turnovers down, you're incredible. Third and three point percentage, sixth and field goal percentage. They don't even shoot threes in the first place. I don't want to hear it. Exactly. Start shooting more. Look what they can do. Jack wins. The Blazers have gone deep or they've been in the top half of the Western Conference the past couple of years. I do think. Have the Spurs not? I love the Jazz parallel he made about them surging late every single season. Jack gets the point. Jack gets the point. All right. All right. Whatever, Reality. Whatever. (laughs) All right. This one might get a little bit contentious. Because it's about our team. Jack, you'll lead it off here. I hope you can make a strong case. If you take my answer, you're going to. Oh, no we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see. He's going to. If Jack gets the point, he gets the FaceTime. I've, vers- I've got a versatile answer for you. Don't Go worry. ahead and take your FaceTime, Jack, because you're going to have the same answer as me. <laughs> All right, here we go. Round four. Jack wins if he wins this round. Which wing th- should the Thunder trade for? Go. It's a guy we've already name dropped, Bradley Beal. We've, I'm done. We've I needed to trade for him for years. <laughs> we've I'm needed done. to trade for him for years. Um, he's an all-star caliber guy. This team is no longer needing to tank. Um, the new question is, are they a star away? And, you know, I know that's an unreal – that might be a reach. So someone who's a little more realistic I think is a Robert Covington guy, a 3 and D player. And yeah, I, I like think that. that the Timberwolves could be looking to sell – Okay. All right. You can keep the so, keep the shot no, no, clock. No, no, refrain no. from no, no. It sounds it, it sounds like you have the same answer. I'm gonna see if you can give me a more compelling case as to why. Okay. All right. You ready? Three, I'm ready. two, one, go. Okay. So obviously we need a big score, someone that's versatile, somebody that we can build around going forward. Bradley Beal still in his prime. You give up Schroeder. You throw in Robertson's expiring deal, and then you also throw in Justin Patton and two first round picks. We stockpiled the assets for a reason. We are in much better shape than we thought. We're well above 500. We can get the six or seven seed. You go trade for Bradley Beal. You essentially flip Schroeder for him, and the lineup becomes contenders. Hmm. Sounds like we couldn't agree more. Yeah, I'm on the same page, 100%. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, what's the score? Two to one? 
Uh, go ahead and get. Go ahead and give him the point. Let, let, uh, give let, me a pity what? point, Peter. Come on, I, T- I'll take pity. Take the I'll... pity point. Okay, so uh, what I liked what Jack said. He said an all star in Bradley Beal. He said he thinks we're a star away. I agree with that. That could completely change the complexion of our team, and we're not tanking. I like those points. I Jackson, completely agree. Jackson, what I liked yours. You said still in his prime. Um, you trade Schroeder. I like the expiring talk about Andre Roberson. So I'm going to go ahead and have this point. We'll see what happens here. Jeez, that's uh, great. That's awesome. <laughs> Let's play uh, soccer while we're at it. Nah, you get the pity point. Let's go to all round right. five. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I bet we have the same answer here, too, in all honesty. So this should be interesting. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll I've, see got two, well. I've got two, two in mind. Okay. Again. All right. First ever edition of the shot clock. Jackson, you're leading this one off. Okay. Let's do it. Had to check myself. All right, yeah, here I we understand. go. Three, two, one, go. Who is the most improved player and why? Bam out of bio of the Miami Heat's the most improved player. Look what he's done. The Heat run the offense through him. They dump him the ball in the painter at the high post and let him make the decisions. He can drive. He can kick. He can pull up. He has gone from averaging 7.9, 6.4, and 1.8 over his first two seasons to averaging 15.6, 10.6, and 4.5 and this season. His steals and blocks have also doubled, and the Miami Heat are winning. That is the biggest thing he's carrying them. We don't right. have the same answer. Okay. Interesting. Oh. Okay. All right. You know I love Bam, so Jack, I hope you brought some heat. I hope some you some DT coming. Some DT or BI maybe? All right, here we go, Jack. Let's hear it. On go. Three, two, one, go. Sticking to my pick from our futures podcast way back, it's Shea Gilgis Alexander. Look at look at oh. what the man look at what the man's doing for us in OKC. I mean, he was averaging like 11, 3, and 4 last year, and now he's up to averaging 19, 5, and 2, but he's leading the Thunder. He's leading the team along with Chris Paul, um, and rather than, you know, just as a rookie role like he was doing in L.A. A number two guy would be Devontae Graham out in Charlotte. I know that's your boy. I agree Peter. on that. Uh, dude's on just that been one. killing it, but I, I think Shea and Bam have had a bigger impact on uh, their team's overall record. Okay. Uh, that was fantastic. Okay, there was there was one point. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and give the nod to Mr. Hale. Fuck <laughs> Let's you. go. Fuck you. Win in the shot clock. I love out of bio. You made all the points I wanted to hear about controlling the offense out of the high post, his passing ability. That's yeah, what yeah, that's yeah. what I've loved so much. Yeah, but. He came in with the SGA. He doubled down on his preseason take I that he was going to be the most improved known. player. And the one thing I wanted to hear, that he's the Thunder's leading scorer, and he hit that one on the head. So because of that, Jack Hale, you in the first edition of the Shot Clock. What would you like to talk about today? Well, obviously, I have plenty of things to say about the Thunder. Um, we'll save that for the first episode of the Hot Take Hoops podcast like that's it. dropping this I week like as well. I'm going to turn this over to my team in the NFL. The Kansas City Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl this year. I have no doubt yep. in my mind. Let's go. Lamar Jackson is not ready to Same. face Patrick Mahomes in an AFC championship game. That is if he can get past the dog out in Tennessee and Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. But doubling down, 
tripling down, quadrupling down. I'm going <laughs> Chiefs all the way. Let's go. Houston, you're not even going to have a chance this week in Arrowhead. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Y'all heard Peter and I talk about that. We said the exact same things earlier in the pod. We are on the same wave, brother. Chiefs, Chiefs are running through everybody. And that right. defense, that defense, best defense in the league last six weeks of the season. Honey Badger's going to make some big plays this weekend. I can feel it. can feel it in the loins. All right, guys. That was fantastic. <laughs> I'm riding the Chiefs wave, too. Great job, Jack. Uh, I, lo- I hope you continue to shut down Jackson in this game going forward. Uh, we need that- a new host. I think that's the problem. <laughs> I thought the host did a great job. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right. We are done for that. We're done with the NBA talk for the day. You guys have anything else? That's all I got. Uh, Thunder looking great. NBA is peak form right now. I'm good to go. Hot take hoops coming, coming soon. Thank you, Jack, for coming on the ATM. That was hilarious. Loved hearing you beat down Jackson like that. Anyways, everyone go subscribe to the Hot Take Hoops podcast. Jack Hale and Mitchell Spires will be leading that show. They have a great first episode recorded and out there now, actually. So go check it out. Deep dive into the Thunder's first decade and what to expect going forward. Very, very exciting stuff. That that pod's going to be a little bit focused on the Thunder with other NBA stuff. But yeah, that is that. Go subscribe to Hot Take Hoops. And now we will hear from Jordan Nickel and Ben Delameter about the ATM at the Movies podcast. All right, what's up? I'm here with Jackson and two of my very best friends, Jordan Nickel and Ben Delameter. You guys, oh, oh you guys oh. have a little bit to talk about today. So say what's up and tell us what is coming from you two brilliant minds. Okay, well, my name is Jordan Nickel, and I have been on ATM at the Minute podcast a couple of times, but I'm very excited that Peter finally let me get the pod of my dreams, which is, which is, which is, which is very original too. It's called ATM, but this time it's called At The Movies. Oh. And essentially, oh, wow. Yeah, right. Um, essentially... It's it nice. is a podcast. It's going to be full of film and TV stuff. I'm a huge nerd for that, and I'm really excited to essentially get get going with it. Yes, sir. Badass. Ben, what are you going to be covering in this first episode? Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, so what's up? This is uh, Ben Delmeter calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, here to let you know that this week we're going to be talking about a movie called Uncut Gems. But more importantly, I was hoping you'd start with that. More importantly, we're going to be talking about Adam Sandler's nasty, nasty teeth in this movie. (laughs) And that might take up at least three quarters of the podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Is it just Uncut Gems on this first one? Are you guys going to be covering like TV? Well, I think, right. So, from what I've kind of gathered, I think we're going to be essentially talking about what we've personally been watching recently, which does include a fuckload of TV shows. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I, I don't really have a life. But um, we'll also talk about like new movies coming up, news, like, you know, who's been casted to what role. Um, you know, you had, the Glo- Golden, you had the Golden Globes last night. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. Hot takes from yeah. Ricky. Oh, my gosh. I fucking love Ricky Gervais. But I heard yeah, he was, was great. He was, was great. 
<laughs> oh yeah. He uh he 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 was definitely controversial in in you know in typical Ricky Gervais light. So that's beautiful though. That's what you need in Hollywood. Um yes, all right, one one quick question I got before we'll let y'all go. Favorite movie of all time, both of you. Let's hear it. Oh, that's a fucking odd question. <laughs> I, I should have let you prep on that one. That. Um, I'll, you know, I'll, Jordan, I'll give you a minute to think it over. Uh, I'll go ahead and take this one first. Uh, all right. It's pretty easy. Uh, Pete Mitch could probably even guess it, judging from his Christmas gift that I gave him. Uh, Where the wild things are. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing better. You know, best book to movie adaptation. Blade Runner. Everybody. Yes, it's Blade Runner. It is Blade Runner. Okay. And probably Blade Runner 2049. Just Hell yeah. I've that never is... seen Blade Runner. I'll oh. add it to the list. Oh, add it to that list. Watch it Look, tonight. You guys are this already is... handing out great recommendations. Exactly. This is what it's all about right here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think personally I'm going to go with Cats 2020. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm with, I'm with that. I'm with that. I haven't even seen that yet, nor do I probably want to. Yeah, um, honestly, see it, honestly. Uh, uh, you know what? Shawshank Redemption, ooh, I mean, it's kind of basic. It's no. kind of basic, but Fight Club is definitely like up there as well. Yeah. I, can't do a, I can't do a favorite. That's too hard. Okay, too hard, okay. But... Well, you gave two. I respect them both. Um, I don't really want to admit this right now, but I've never seen Fight Club either, and I know that's oh just God. like wow. despicable, but... Maybe Ben and I would have to definitely do our personal top tens here in a separate podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Y'all will definitely have to do make a standalone like episode with that or something. Oh, I mean, that'd be like a three hour podcast in itself. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, how frequently are you guys going to be dropping? So, we're going to be dropping podcasts once a week. Uh, most of the time, it's just going to be talking over either, you know, the newest hot release or potentially one of our favorite uh, prior releases. Uh, you can anticipate this podcast dropping early week, you know, anytime between Monday and Wednesday. Uh, keep an eye on socials, you know. We'll be keeping you updated on everything that's coming out, when it's coming out. Uh, hence the at-the-minute theme we're going about. Uh, and you can mm-hmm. also keep an eye for it on uh, fanfuelsports.com. That's yes, sir. who this podcast is partnering with. You know, those boys, Jackson and Pete, they're some real good boys. And, you know, we're all going to be posted with the best movies, best sports. Best big things day. coming. Big, big things. things. Best. In- big trust. Big trust. Emphasize it. Big yeah, money. So- big cars. <laughs> Fanfieldsource.com. Under the showbiz tab, it'll take you straight to their podcast, ATM at the movies. You guys have anything else you can think of? Maybe the Twitter? I mean, I love Twitter. My personal Twitter is underscore <laughs> Jordan Nickel, I believe. And if you're looking, if you're looking for some fun some fun tweets I, I tweet every once in a while but um no we've got a uh we also do have a twitter called fan fuels um, showbiz on twitter as well um which we'll get going more consistently here once these pods start to drop out and the at there was fan fuel showbiz you said fan fuel showbiz yes that's correct got it perfect let's go all right well, i'm excited i could tell y'all are too this is gonna be some good stuff good shit Quality coming out, coming out all the time. Quality content. It's going to be beautiful. Can't wait to listen, boys. Let's go. Yes, sir. Let's Let's do it. All right. Excited. Can't wait wait to hear the first episode in a few days. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you all soon. Sounds like a plan. All right. All right. See you, boys.
There it is. There you have it. That's our show for the day. Please give us that five-star rating. Leave us a review. Tell your boys. Tell your girls. And most importantly, go subscribe to the Hot Take Hoops podcast and ATM at the Movies. The links to both of those are in the description of this episode. Or you can find it all at fanfuelsports.com. You'll see podcasts. You'll see all of them listed. Go check it out. Tell your friends. Let's go. Happy 2020, baby.